Welcome to This Must Be Pop, a pop music podcast focused on boy bands. For those of us who just need a break from the real world and want to get into some nostalgia, I'm your host, Anna, and with me are my two wonderful and amazing co-hosts, Cece and Lizzie. This is our first ever episode, and we're so excited to start this podcast. All of us here on the pod are going to discuss our experiences with some of our favorite groups in a little bit. However, I feel like we need to start with the elephant in the room, and the elephant being J.C. Chazé sharing our meme. <laughs> this is a very different opener than we had expected for this podcast, but... We just wanted to give a shout out to JC sharing our It's Gonna Be May Day meme and to also thank him for the contribution of followers and listeners that followed our Instagram account and are probably listening to this now. So just wanted to say thank you so much, JC. We were not expecting that. We made it just as something funny to just spread awareness of your awesomeness on It's Gonna Be May Day because you also sang that line too. And thank you. We're going to give you a lowdown on a couple of things. First, what does pop music even mean? Pop is often mistaken as a genre, but it really just means whatever music is popular at a time. Usually it takes from a couple of different styles of genres and creates a sound representing that moment. For example, when you hear an 80s song, Girls Am I Right? You know it's an 80s song. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the next we want to break down the definition of a boy band. It is both a controversial definition and it's also a definition that's highly debated and it's always changing. But our definition on this show is a group or ensemble of young men making music with a catchy melody for a predominantly teenage audience. Because they are marketed to teens, their look and image plays a big role. So what are we doing on this show? Well, Our show is made to make a case for both the legitimacy of the music of boy bands and the fans who love them. When boy bands are often discussed, it's usually about how crazy their fans are, or it's just gossip about their members or who they're dating, etc. The topic of their actual music and artistry is rarely discussed, and we believe it's been overlooked in a lot of ways by the music industry and the general public. Let's not forget that no modern boy band has ever won a Grammy for a pop record. Despicable. Right? I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. Like, have they even listened to any of these records? I feel personally attacked. Oh, absolutely. The fact that almost every single year since the Grammys have been around, a boy band has performed at them, but they have never walked away with their own Grammy. Yeah. So they want them for the audience and for the, you know, ratings. people watching and the ratings, but but that's about it. They're never going to recognize their actual musical ability or talent. Yeah. It's like once they've served their purpose, it's like, okay, great. Now we're on to the real stuff. But it's like, they are the real stuff. They are the real thing. They are also singing and dancing like, you know, At everyone the same else. Time. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah. 
there was a big controversy with the BTS army this year because BTS were also up for a Grammy and everyone got really excited because they were like, maybe this is the year that a modern boy band is going to get a Grammy and BTS is just flawless. Let's be honest. And they, they obviously didn't walk away with one. It brought a lot of awareness to the fact that no boy band has ever won. No modern boy band has ever won a Grammy. The only exception that I will say, the big exception is Boys Two Men. Because Boys Two Men were nominated in the R&B category, they walked away with a ton of awards. Rightfully so, Boys Two Men is incredible. Uh, Wanya Morris is probably one of the best voices in music history. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Another thing is there's not really a lot of academic text discussing the history and the music of boy bands and their fans. But I do want to give a shout out to Maria Sherman's book, Larger Than Life, which I actually have here with me. We really recommend reading this if you're interested in this topic of boy bands and the history and the cultural and musical analysis of them. We feel that there's a lot of information that is left unsaid in this book, and we may differ from some of the items mentioned in here, but we believe it serves as a really good foundation for this information. So shout out to Maria. We love your book, and we hope to have you on the show someday. Did either of you watch Turning Red? I have not yet seen it, but I recall some of the drama surrounding it. There it's was, on the list. There was oh the drama surrounding it. Yeah, there wasn't there. there I mean, there, yeah. some people were upset. Be, because, I don't know because emotions or something. Well, <laughs> one of the characters is going through what you, there, it's basically a metaphor for going through puberty, yeah. becoming an adult, realizing your sexuality. That's the big theme that the main character is going through. The main protagonist, May. And she really is into this boy band, which is called Four Town. But her and her friends are obsessed with this boy band. And what it does is it really celebrates being a young teenager or preteen and just realizing who you are within the lens of admiring this boy band. And it really celebrates that experience that a lot of young women have instead of making fun of it. I didn't know if you, either of you had any thoughts on that and if you can kind of relate to that. I, I mean, yes, because, because going through puberty, I was obsessed with, at the time, Hanson. And I know we'll get there when we do intros. But it was it, it kind of was like my whole personality like at, at some point. Uh, but also having Hanson as this like obsession actually in a great way like helped get me through not great times. I mean, puberty is not great for everyone. Middle school is like ugh, the worst. And so I actually think it's a great storyline. Again, I haven't seen the film, but um, it's it's not something that like went away after our generation. It continues. It's just different bands and different styles. Maybe like I'm not familiar with BTS, but One Direction, you know, that was kind of the next generation after us. Um, and I think that there's a lot to be said about, you know, boy bands and their impact on that like really emotional time for preteens. Absolutely. Being 10 is not easy. No. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much from like 10 to 16, I would say. It's right. just like. Yeah. I was probably the perfect time frame for InSync and Backstreet Boys because 
when I first, and actually Hanson too, Hanson was like the gateway boy band, but I was in between the ages of nine and 13 when Instinct and Backstreet Boys were in their prime. So that is such a pivotal moment in any young person's life. And the fact that there was this boy band, multiple boy bands, thousands of boy bands at that time that were in their prime, the the stars just aligned. Yeah, I kind of feel like I'm almost like on the opposite end because I was probably like a little young when Backstreet Boys and NSYNC were like really in their prime. That was probably more late elementary school, early middle school for me. I mean, we danced to it in talent shows and all that. I feel like the craze, I was probably eight, seven. You were a little young. I was a little young. And then my One Direction days were when I was 20, which... It's okay. a little older. I'm a big One Direction fan. All right, thank I'm 35, you. So like, <laughs> I still am a big fan. Yes. <laughs> I, I feel like I didn't have a boy band to guide me through those essential years, but I still think it's so important. And this is not a boy band, but Taylor Swift. I feel like I grew up with her. 100%. When she's, I can relate to that. We're roughly the same age. So when she's talking about the things she was dealing with at 16, I felt that. Now she's talking about the things she's dealing with at 30. And I'm like, I feel that. And to feel like that you're growing up with somebody and just having that. Even her younger fans are still relating to that content that she made 15 years ago. Oh, my God. (laughs) Chills. Yeah. Well, thank you both for sharing that. It's, It's such an important part of the story because I think that our society, our culture tends to look down on things that women like, definitely what young women like. Um, And it's been going on in modern history for a long time. And how many times have any one of us here have been called basic for things that we legitimately like? Yep. Taylor Swift. Hello. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, that's so basic. I feel like this very protective, like especially around One Direction where I'm like, I like them before they were cool. Like you feel like you have to defend that you like them before it became a thing. But like, why can't I like something that's popular? It's popular because people like it and it's popular and it's everywhere. And then you hear it and they're like, wow, that's really good. And like, you feel so stigmatized by like, oh, I can't like this thing because everyone else likes it. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, I don't happy why we have to like insist on being, you know, better than the regular fans because we know like, you know, the words to all the songs on the album and and not just the popular ones or it, it's just such a weird stigma around boy bands and the like crazy girls who love them. And it, I, it's just a really kind of tired um, story. At and, this point. and I definitely feel like it goes back to people trying to defend liking them. This whole idea of like, oh, were you here and they're this era? It's almost like they're trying to prove that you're serious about this, which male audiences don't generally have to do. Um, like if you're a fan of the Patriots and nobody's asking you, well, were you here in 1977? Do you know everyone who played on that roster? No. But like if you say, oh, I like One Direction or BTS, everyone's like, well, were you here in the beginning? Like, do you know every song? I don't have to know the deep cuts to like them. Yeah. No, I, I actually don't. But I like the songs that I'm listening to now. Exactly. The end. <laughs> This is my one problem with Turning Red. It takes place in the year 2002. 2002 was kind of the year that the music industry changed and boy bands kind of died a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, NSYNC went on hiatus, quote unquote. So did the Backstreet Boys that same year. And 2002 was really when I kind of shifted from not listening to as much pop music. 
I, I, yeah, I, I really didn't listen to a lot of pop music. I started listening to more like pop punk and emo in 2002, late 2002. It was just a transition year for me. And I just remember the music industry just, there was definitely a change going on for sure. Yeah, I think that's like reflective in the overall culture of the music industry. Like right. I remember that shift happening like not that long after. Right, exactly. So, but it's just, it was so crazy because, you know, 2001 was such a huge year for both NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and O-Town was really big at that time too. And then just halfway through 2002, it just died. Well, I think that goes back to like how fickle boy band fame is. Like one minute you're at the absolute top, the peak of the peak. And then the next, like it's done, it's over. There's always another one kind of like waiting in the wings. It just seems like they have like a faster shelf life than other artists do. Yeah, they never really seem to last longer than about five years. I don't I don't want to jump the gun if, if you were going to get to this, but um, uh, sporting events. Oh, okay. absolutely. So I feel like society thinks that it's normal that men act. And, and I'm not saying only men watch sports, but generally you're getting kind of these very passionate fans of sport and their behavior is insane and you can justify it as they're like diehard fans or whatever. A lot of people do. Um, but I, I don't understand why that is like, Oh, boys will be boys. Like that just means they are really passionate about their team and they want to see them do well. But if I'm like, I love Taylor Swift and I've loved her since I was however many years old, or I still love listening to the Backstreet Boys, why that's like, you know, that's kind of weird. You know, it's like all these screaming teenage girls and like, it just, you know, I don't, I, I still can't like bridge that gap. And if you say, I've been a fan of this sports team since I was a kid and I grew up with them. And now as an adult, I still love them. People are like, what a great story. But if you're like, I have loved Taylor Swift or Backstreet Boys or whatever since I was 10 and they're like, you're 30, grow up. And it's like, can I live? Like, I'm so sorry that I get a drop of serotonin when what makes you beautiful comes on the radio. Sue me. You're watching a bunch of men in pads like run at each other. What do you mean grow up? Like, right. it, it is what it is for everyone. Like, just can we just all just have our own things and make us happy? And if you're like, oh, I go to 16 Patriot games a year. I'm a season ticket holder. It's like, cool. I love that for you. And then you're like, oh, I've seen Taylor Swift five times. They're like, wow, obsessed much. And it's like, oh, I'm so sorry that over the course of 15 years, I saw somebody in concert five times. But like, you can go to a sporting event multiple times a year, every year. Right. right. And I say that as somebody who loves sports and yeah. loves to go to sporting events. Yeah. And like, yeah, we're not we're not saying anything against people who love sports live your life do things that make you happy do your thing paint your body and have the defense signs (laughs) and like wear the crazy outfits and go crazy for it have your moment have your thing that you just go absolutely crazy for but don't rain on everyone else's parade because their crazy doesn't match your crazy exactly exactly so now we're going to get into our own personal journeys with boy bands, pop music. So why don't we start with you, Cece? Hello, I'm Cece. Are you going to be asking me questions or do you just want me to? Um, um, I can, I'll prompt you for some questions if you prefer. Okay. Give um, me like one direction. Ha <laughs> <laughs> oh, We man. see what you did there. I am so funny. So just if you want to state your age and the year that you were born for context. Yes, I will be 35 in a couple weeks. I was born in 1987. Happy early birthday. (laughs) Thank you. 
So tell us about your music journey in relation to boy bands. So what have been your favorite boy bands over time? How did you get to like them? So I'm a, I'm a classic boy bander. That's kind of what I consider myself. Um, so Hanson was my first foray into boy bands. And I honestly don't recall when Hanson started like becoming big. So I don't remember how old I was. Um, I was certainly it's around young. 97. Okay. So I was about 10 and man, Zach Hanson, like, Oh my God, do we share this too? I also loved Zach Hanson, but look, I would, I would kiss his poster uh, above my bed every night and then like (laughs) pray that we would get married. Okay. So like, that's where we're at. And it was, this was back in the day when people had home phones. There was like not, not a cell phone and someone leaked their home phone number Wait, that really? I don't know if it was really theirs. I have no idea. But I would call it like all day long and it was always busy. (laughs) It could have been totally fake. I really don't know. I was 10, you know, and I thought I was going to marry this this boy. Um, So Hanson was was really my start in into boy bands. Um, I come from a pretty musical family. My father's been in a band um, with his high school buddies since I was a kid. Um, So always been around music. Um, I was the first, uh, you know, the oldest girl. So I was the first that really got into, to the boy bands. So Hanson, for as long as they were big, I could still sing you most of their songs. And then really Backstreet Boys, Sync, 90 Degrees, um, and then O-Town, to a degree, they were a little bit later. People always ask, who did you like, Backstreet Boys or Sync? And, and that's, for me, it's very, it's an impossible question. I, I can't, I can't answer that. Personally, my favorite album is black and blue Backstreet Boys. Great album. <laughs> but I also loved sync. Um, and I've seen sync live. I never saw Backstreet Boys. <gasps> oh, I know. I know. It's pretty bad. I really, I still want to see them. So you talked about your favorite album. Who are your favorite boy band members then? Let's say top three. So JC, number one, always was. Um, Sorry, I just you listen to the listeners. I just did a really cheesy happy dance. She did. She like pounded her feet on the floor. It was very cute. We're big JC fans over here. We're like big, big JC fans. fans. And I always loved JC more than JT. And that's not a knock on Justin Timberlake by any means. But I always was like JC. I just think he's cuter for for one. Like I always just personally, he was the eye candy that, that I was looking for. Those cheekbones, man. Um, and then Nick Lachey. So I know 90 Degrees was not not everybody's cup of tea. Um, they had amazing harmonies. And they did. Nick Lachey has a voice of an angel. He does. Backstreet Boys, I don't know. I, I Like, Nick is the easy answer, but maybe Brian. Oh, my God. I was such a Brian like, girl I back think, in the day. You know, like, I think that, like, maybe Brian or even AJ. Oh, yeah. Like, and I, and I will say AJ and JC kind of have a similar look. So what about your modern boy bands like Joe Bros, One Direction? (laughs) So, um, never was a Joe Bro fan and not because I don't like them. Just shot to the heart. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's fine. Um, I'll be okay. We'll we'll get to them. Like, I think I have a couple of their songs on my Spotify. Um, but I, it just, that age, it just skipped for whatever, um, one Direction I really got into, <laughs> and because it, it did, it kind of like took me back to my fun boy band days. But I will say that I have had Harry and Liam 
and there's one other member who I'm blanking who all had solo careers. Zane. Nile. Zane. Nile. Nile. Um, I have put all of their music at one point or another on my playlist when I used to teach yoga because they all came out with like really great music, different types of, you know, some of them are like melodic, some is like Mm -hmm. dance, whatever. But I think they have had great success in their solo careers, more so than anyone besides Justin Timberlake. Oh, 100%. Um, I liked One Direction and I've liked the way the solo careers for those guys and, and this is a topic for a different time. We'll, we'll get there hopefully. But then you, you can start going into like the Goo Goo Dolls and Matchbox 20 and like some of the more like alternative but technically boy bands that I still listen to, you know, to this day. The Goo Goo Dolls were a boy band. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Makes and sense I why I like them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so many. We're going to have a whole entire episode on this of boy bands that technically weren't boy bands, but definition wise, they but absolutely were. Bands. Yeah. So you talked about seeing NSYNC live. Did you go to any other concerts? Yes. I also saw 98 Degrees in Las Vegas. Um, oh, that's cool. It was really cool. I think we just went to Vegas for the concert. I grew up in San Diego, so it was much closer than going from where we live to um, Las Vegas. What but, year was this? I don't know, girl. All right. Was well, it like in I their heyday? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. It was when they were headlining a concert in Vegas. Okay. Like, oh, that's true. I don't think you they know. really do that anymore. <laughs> well, I they still tour, so they still tour. No, this this was when I was a, a teenager yeah. or younger. Okay, ninety degrees was I think the second concert I'd ever been to. So the first one my dad took me to it was just me and my dad. It was Ricky Martin. I have a great That's picture amazing. of my what I decided to wear to this Ricky Martin concert. The ninety degrees concert, for whatever reason, just sticks out to me as some sort of like pivotal moment. I don't know why. I couldn't tell you why. Perhaps it's because we traveled for it. Was it a larger venue? Was- yeah, it was like at the Planet Hollywood, you know, th- theater or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was big. Or MGM. I don't know. It was a big arena. Um, so did you have any friendships that formed from a shared love of a band? I don't know. Perhaps uh, ours, mm-hmm. Anna, because we connected over. That's true. That's true. <laughs> over black and blue. But, Absolutely. Um, but from when I was younger, no. I, I, nothing specific I think my sister and I got really close because we both love Taylor Swift, but that's not a boy band. Oh my God, same. Yeah. (laughs) So what feelings do you get when you listen to this music from your youth? Oh, it's so happy. And, you know, that might be a coping mechanism. I don't know. It's covering up for something. but, But really, I listen to it and I like, you know, these little flashbacks of like specific memories. I remember listening to the Backstreet Boys where they say in the song, am I sexual? Yes. Okay. It's like a meme oh. going around now, right now. But I remember I remember in the car with my parents, I was like, he's not saying sexual. He's saying, and I set you up, which like <laughs> doesn't even make sense in the. But. I really wish that that's what he actually said, because I think Nick Carter was 15 when he recorded I know, that. So weird. <laughs> Me so as a nine year old. Am I sexual? I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then you think about it, like, why are all his like guy friends being like, yeah, yes. you are, dude. Totally. <laughs> He's singing to an audience of like 10 year olds who are like, yeah, you are. (laughs) So has anyone made fun of you or dismissed you in your taste of music? Yeah. Big shout out to my siblings um, because they made fun of Hanson for a long time. I took that personally. As you should. They still make fun of it. Like I mentioned when we walked in here, I was pretending to be a Spice Girl one day dancing in an outfit and the ice cream truck came and I had to go outside in that outfit. 
to get everybody ice cream, and they still bring it up. <laughs> so, anyways, yes. But also just, you know, you, you, you in middle school, which is the worst time, you know, people are like, oh, how, you like boy bands, like how lame, you know, just like so yeah. silly now looking back. But at the time it was detrimental. Right. It was really hurtful. In terms of your own experience with music, do you have any other types of music that you enjoy, any other genres or how your tastes have kind of progressed over time? Yeah. I um, So I was a big Taylor Swift fan, but also a big country music fan. And, and I, while I like Taylor's music now, I was a bigger fan of her like original country stuff. Um, still love country music, classic rock, because I grew up with, you know, my dad performing all that stuff. So Chicago is like technically a boy band actually, but is my favorite band. I listen to pretty much everything. I would say I'm like not the biggest fan of rap or hip hop. I will listen to it. If I turned on the radio today to like popular songs now, I would not know many of them. Most of what I listen to is like music from a while ago that, you know, makes me happy to listen to. Hey, you know what? If it makes you happy, yeah. listen to it. All right. So thank you, Cece, for telling us your story. Now we're on to Liz. We're Lizzie. Hi. So can you please state your age and the year that you were born? Sure. I am 30 and I was born in 1991. So tell us about your music journey in relation to boy bands, favorite Groups, favorite members, songs, albums, all that. So, Cece, I know you said you could not pick between NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. So, I will pick for me, and it is not even close. Backstreet Boys. Dang, I like it. Shots She's, fired. Like, I, I mean, it's. I truly couldn't pick. I, I couldn't tell you. But my favorite album from a boy band is a Backstreet Boys album. So, maybe by default, it's Backstreet Boys for me. I, I like that you are. I like that you know. Oh, right. 100%. Like, let's do this. And NSYNC Backstreet Boys, Backstreet Boys, not even a question. That Millennium CD got so much work in my CD player. I bet you if I were to, like, dig it up out of the archive, it would be still in there. Backstreet yeah. Boys. So were they your first boy band? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was definitely on the younger side. Like, I mean, I would have been, like, what, nine when Millennium came out? So, like, definitely on the younger side. I remember Backstreet Boys coming through my hometown when I was in elementary school and being like, can I please go? And my parents were like, no, you're, like, eight. Absolutely not. And I remember, like, the next day at school, girls coming in with confetti still in their hair. And you'd be like, oh, you have something in your hair. And they're like, don't touch it. It's from the concert. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Did Brian put it there himself? Like, you're getting very defensive. Well, you never know. Like, maybe Brian did. <laughs> right? Maybe AJ did. Maybe AJ, I could see having a glitter gun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, I made direct eye contact with Nick last night. And I'm like, really? That's so nice for you. I was in bed by seven. Because <laughs> I'm a literal child. It's funny. And we should talk about this at some point. But just, like, those boy bands, I truly thought I was going to marry Zach Hansen. And right. I really think that there was this, like, that generation of boy bands, these young women really thought that, like... <laughs> That these guys were somehow going to notice them or something. Well, at least for the example of Zach Hansen, it was an appropriate age. Because you're the exact same age as Zach Hansen. (laughs) I am holding out hope. I just want you to know that Zach and I will get married um, still. So, I mean, you never know what the future holds. (laughs)
you talked about Backstreet Boys. Do you have a moment where you remember hearing the Backstreet Boys for the first time or seeing them on TV? I don't. I just feel like I remember them being everywhere. And even though I'm probably, again, like on the younger side of their moment, it was still just like so big. It was just like, I feel like a defining time of my childhood, <laughs> even if I can't remember like a specific moment. I mean, I remember all the girls who wouldn't let you pull confetti out of their hair, but um, like, I don't remember like a specific like, oh, I have to turn on the TV because they're playing. That was when I was a whole adult listening to One Direction. Those those were my days. <laughs> so can I ask why Backstreet Boys and not sync? Was there a reason for it? Did you like their music more? Did you find them more attractive? I think all of the above. Okay, but InSync did have the better Christmas album. They Holiday had a album. Christmas album. Yeah, <laughs> Backstreet Boys never did. I so. will say, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Yeah, oh, bop and a half. I oh, will jam. listen to that on repeat. So if you haven't listened to Old Holy Night by InSync, it's going to make you completely rethink their whole harmony arrangement and be like, maybe they had the better harmonies. I'm not going to try to convert you. However, I do recommend listening to that from that album i don't think i ever like disliked in sync i think it was just that like i liked backstreet boys why do i need to go somewhere else it's like i love target i don't need to go to walmart yeah you don't have too many boy bands yeah like on your plate at once no it, it, it's overwhelming <laughs> i don't know i guess i'm an overindulger and liked them all oh, so me too. <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's talk about your journey to liking other boy bands as you got older so jonas brothers and like you mentioned and one direction can you talk about your story with those bands yeah so jonas brothers was actually my very first concert i was a little bit of a concert late bloomer i didn't go until i was 16 I feel like that's a pretty normal age for a first concert. Yeah, that is also what my parents would tell you. <laughs> and I was such a Joe Jonas girl back in the day, and I still am. Who are we kidding? I went to see them at Fenway when they came through on their tour last year, and I was like, yeah, I picked right. I know I'm a Joe girl in my heart. Like, seeing them at Fenway instantly brought me back to when I was 16 at that very first concert. And hearing some of those same songs, but like also new songs, and I, I felt very reflective oh my gosh, I saw them when I was 16 and now like 15 years later, here we are. Like, what a moment in time. <laughs> With Jonas Brothers, that was the first time I like tracked an artist and like what they were doing. The first time I was like, okay, there's a single, what are they doing next? There's a music video. Oh my gosh, here we go. The first time there was like a real investment in following along as it came out instead of just enjoying it once it was out. My strongest <laughs> boy band journey is my journey with One Direction. And it please just, tell us about this journey because it's so fascinating. Take us on the journey. It was 2011, London, England. <laughs> I was studying abroad my junior year of college. I had just turned 20. And I had been in London for like literally a week. And the new friends that I had made were like, oh my God, you have to listen to this song. We're obsessed. It's by a boy band. And I remember thinking like, a boy band? What am I going to do with that? I'm 20. And I listened to What Makes You Beautiful, and I swear to God, my world stopped. I was like, this is it. This is my, this is my literal jam. It's, a, it's an objectively great pop song. I actually, it really is. I came across a, a tweet that I had written being like, I'm absolutely in love with the British boy band, and I don't care who knows it. And I was like, <laughs> from day one, I was so invested. They had just come off the X Factor. They were just launching their careers. They were so small, and not to be like... I knew them before they were cool, but like 
I did. I followed them on Twitter when they had 50,000 followers each. I was like an OG day oneer. And it must have there must have been something to being in London during this Absolutely. time because there was definitely an energy in the zeitgeist. Oh that yeah. You felt. They were everywhere. They were on billboards. They were on the radio. They were I remember Carphone Warehouse, which is a cell phone store, and my friend and I went to their appearance just to get a glimpse of them. They were just everywhere. Did you feel a little older cuz 20 years old is a little on the older side of liking a boy band. Oh, yeah, I was like what am I doing with my life? <laughs> um, but I like, mean, I'm not trying to say this as a judgmental thing. I'm just saying uh, historically 20 is a little older. Oh, it absolutely is, but the funny thing is like they aren't that much like the the band members themselves are not that much younger than I am. Like, Louis Tomlinson I think is like 3 months younger than me. Right. And I think Harry Styles is the youngest and I was googling this the other day. He's 28. Right. So like we have like two-ish, two and a half years between us. Right. That's not that crazy. I mean, the, and that kind of goes back to a, a point that we talked about earlier is the, the marketing of boy bands. They tend to market to really, really young people. I definitely did like feel that older sense of like being 20 and being like, is this okay? Um, it's 100% okay. Yeah. They didn't even have an album out when I had first heard of them. They released it I want to say in like December, November of 2011, we were still very much like in the singles music video era. You know, they would film videos like around London and it felt like almost like a soundtrack to like our study abroad time of look, it's our favorite band singing with like a backdrop of London. This is our thing. All of us, you know, who I was friends with at the time, like we really bonded over that and Absolutely. like we don't really stay in touch anymore. Like we follow each other on Instagram and stuff like that. But like, I have no doubt that if One Direction were to like announce a reunion, that old group chat would like pop up out of nowhere and be like, ladies, what are we doing? The relationships that you form around a, a band are really strong. So that doesn't surprise me that you have that experience and you feel that way. It's funny because the relationship that is probably the strongest with One Direction is with my sister. Um, she's four and a half years younger than me. Um, so I'm like the cool older sister. Who are we kidding? <laughs> she's actually way cooler than me. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Being the great, cool older sister that I am, I'm telling her all the cool stuff that's happening in London. For her, I think she would have been like late middle school, maybe early high school. And she's telling all of her friends, my college age sister has heard about this new boy band. Like you have to check them out. I feel personally okay, responsible that, for their like transatlantic job. That is so cool. You are the cool big sister. You got her like into One Direction before people outside of London knew about them. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> and you, like, yeah. You're not I, giving yourself enough credit for sure. <laughs> I brought her back the CD that I bought in London because you want to talk about One Direction's marketing. It was incredible. When it comes to boy bands, there's this competition of like, who, who, what kind of girl are you? Are you a Harry girl? Are you a Louis girl? Are you a Niall girl? For their first album, they made album sleeves for each guy. You could have the Zayn album. You could have the Harry album. Oh, wow. I do wonder like... If NSYNC and Backstreet Boys were as big as they were now with the marketing, like that kind of stuff, you right. know, like how that would have changed. I and mean, they had good marketing then. Don't get me wrong. Oh, but I like, think social media plays like a yeah. huge role in it too. Right. Yeah. One Direction has kind of redefined what it means to be a boy band in the mm -hmm. social media era. Yeah. 
Yeah, and like my sister was instantly like a Nile girl. I was a Zane girl back in the day. So I bought the album that had the Zane cover and I bought the album that had the Nile cover. Did I need both? No. <laughs> but like that's how good their marketing was. So I'm bringing home this album for her from London and she's like, "Oh my gosh." And then it became a thing. Like I have all of the One Direction like physical CDs because that was a thing that me and my sister did. I remember I think it was for their third album, Midnight Memories. I think we went to three different Targets in one night to get it. That became like a thing with me and my sister to like go get dinner and then we're on the hunt for like the CD and then listen it to it in the car and be like, oh my gosh, can you believe this song? Like, oh my gosh, this is great. She and I have been to four One Direction concerts together. It's just our thing. Neither one of us, I think, would really queue up One Direction to listen to. Like, they are certainly on playlists, and I do have like a One Direction playlist that, like, I, if I'm in the mood, I'm like, let's do this. It's just so funny because if they came on the radio, I would stop everything and be like, oh my God, it's One Direction. And you have um, all these memories tied to all their exactly. songs, too. And I think that's like what makes me love the music is like when I listen to it, I get that flood of memories first from being in London and like that whole idea. But then also like all these memories with my sister, who I'm still very close with, like she's my best friend. That is, I think, so special. Yeah, it it definitely is special. So top three for you. Yeah, I mean, I think my top three, I mean, right now. And that's the thing. I feel like I change it depending on my mood. What like space I'm in right now it's all Harry Styles like Harry Styles all the time after the release of Harry's house I just I'm on like a Harry binge like I can't stop he's on repeat we are all on Harry binge right now he's just so ridiculously talented and like I just want to be friends with him you can just tell that he's just a genuinely good person not like that you always have to be happy but he just always genuinely looks like he's enjoying what he's doing and I just think like that's so fun yeah Um, yeah he has a very inclusive mentality which I don't think other artists in the past have done he actually kind of reminds me of um a lot of female artists yes like Madonna Lady Gaga who have really embraced the LGBTQ community yeah no I totally agree I feel like he's very confident in himself and he wants to like radiate that out to his fans i when i listen to lizzo i feel like an instant boost of confidence in myself and i'm like you know feeling good as hell like all that stuff and i get that same thing when i'm listening to harry i feel like he's very much like inclusivity body positivity feel good about yourself be the best version of yourself you want to be today again i don't think you get that with a lot of male artists his and lizzo's performance at coachella felt like a match made in heaven hizzo Team Hizzo forever. Oh my god, I love that. I love the both of them. I think that they just both have this really awesome energy that yes. you just haven't seen in music artists in a long time. Yeah, and I also just like, I love his style of music. It yeah. is definitely not One Direction, but I feel like there were definitely songs on Harry's House that I'm like, I think that could have been on a One Direction album. Obviously, I like One Direction music. That is very much like perfect pop. That's my style of music. So then I appreciate that he's also in that like poppy kind of vibe. Definitely was like bringing me back to the 80s a little bit. A little bit 80s, a little bit electronica. I hear a lot of indie rock influence in him too, which is very surprising to me. And honestly, 
after I go through my own music journey, you know, I have a lot of that knowledge in my background as well. It It, it is really interesting to me to kind of hear that influence. Mm-hmm. And one thing I love is that he will go off and do like this album. He'll headline Coachella and then he'll still play What Makes You Beautiful on like Coachella stage. He makes it work. He does. I like Zane's solo work a lot. I mean, honestly, I've liked most of their solo work. Um, I really like Niles. Um, and it has a completely different sound than Harry's does. Like, mm-hmm. neither one of them went to try to, like, fill the void of One Direction. They each went into, like, their own sound. Like, sometimes I'm like, how did we put Harry and Niall and Zane and Liam and Louie into this band when they have such different sounds? And how did they make One Direction? Right. They started with One Direction, and then they moved on to multiple directions. They sure did. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, they came from different directions. Let's not forget, they were thrown together on the X Factor. It was literally like making soup, right? You're yeah. like, oh, this ingredient, this ingredient. We made soup. And then it was like, okay, well, they're going in their own directions again. <laughs> they weren't like friends beforehand. They didn't have like, they weren't in a band beforehand. They were just five strangers thrown together. And they it's can like rock the a harmony. <laughs> Yes. And actually, I was thinking about this, uh, Lizzie. Their harmony arrangement is actually really similar to the Backstreet Boys. Mm, probably why I like them both. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I definitely see the parallels for sure because they have, I believe, three baritones and two tenors, which mm-hmm. is the exact same arrangement as the Backstreet Boys. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lizzie, for telling us your story. Okay. Anna. Tell us who your favorite boy bander is. I think we already know, but just confirm it for us. Well, it's obviously JC. No question. He is the number one boy bander of all time. And I can go into details. And I will. And I will. (laughs) Um, JC is... So I've done a lot of research for this podcast. And I always loved JC. You know, now that I'm an adult and have the music knowledge that I have now, I can... I can safely say that JC is the most talented boy bander that we have ever had. Um, the reasons being he is the only boy band member that I can identify that has the largest range. He has at least a four octave vocal range where for those that don't know what an octave range is, it's a set of notes within a sequence. So do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti is an octave. So there's seven notes within that octave and any notes that are higher or lower than that, you're getting into different octaves. The fact that he has a four octave range is actually really impressive. Most really good singers have at least a two octave range. So he is double what a really good singer is, is considered. Um, for reference, Mariah Carey has a five octave range. Yes. And she is a rarity in the music industry, of She's course. She's a unicorn. She's a unicorn. And JC is a unicorn too. JC is also one of the most impressive boy band dancers we have ever seen. Of all the members of NSYNC, he was the best dancer. And NSYNC were just better dancers than Backstreet Boys. So I can <laughs> safely say that, that he was a better dancer than any Backstreet Boys. Although I can say AJ was a really good dancer. JC has also, he also has an amazing vocal capability with his tone, uh, um, his breath control. He was able to sing perfectly while jumping dancing um running on the stage his his lung capacity is just 
like he's an alien like there's like no unrivaled. way that he's <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so whether or not you were an NSYNC fan it doesn't matter you just have to acknowledge that he was definitely the best boy bander ever <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a background in musical theater from when I was a little kid and he was everything that you wanted to be when you performed on stage he had the energy he had the vocal capabilities he had everything that you would ever want as a as a stage performer he was the total package he was a total package and he had the cheekbones (laughs) (laughs) well that's part of the package (laughs) and he was and also continues to be a very good looking guy (laughs) so you know there's this resurgence of people that are coming to realize how much they love JC because they were so young when, you know, they listened to NSYNC back in the day. I think a lot of it is just growing up, realizing what a good vocalist is, what a good performer is, and and looking back and you're like, wow, this boy band that I admired when I was, you know, 10, 12 years old, this guy was legit. Why did we not give him the credit that he truly deserved? And he seems like a good dude. Never heard any like big scandals. Like he seems to like keep to himself. Like yeah, and he and he's a music producer now, a really mm-hmm. well respected music producer um, behind a lot of songs that you may or may not know of. I just hope that he you know comes out with more music. But if he doesn't, he seems really happy with what he's doing. So, and yeah. we have a whole entire episode dedicated to him, which I cannot wait. So you were always like a JC girl, even in like your boy band days? Well, I was actually back in the day, my crush was Lance. Okay. Because Lance was a little bit younger. Even when I was, you know, nine, 10 years old, I was like, JC is a little bit too old for me. So I was looking for the two youngest members. So there was Justin and Lance, who were the two youngest. Everyone loved Justin. And I was like, I can't like the person that everyone loves. No shade to Justin. But like, I, I can't compete with this. I know I can't. I can't compete with all these other girls that love this guy. So, in the battle between InSync and Backstreet Boys, who are you picking? So, I always liked both, but InSync is definitely the better of the two. In my it's like a opinion, shot to the heart. I'm sorry, but doesn't this balance our podcast so nicely? It does. If we were, if we agreed on the same boy bands, it would just be us be gushing about the same people. We need the balance. Exactly. And I mean, we, we respect our, each other's opinions. And like I said, I still really love the Backstreet voice too. So it's yes. not like, <laughs> so it's not like, you know, we're going to be picking on each other. There's no hate. And I, I also think that you know, we all have different bands that we connect with, but that's our own personal journey. And you can't, you can't knock another person's personal journey too. Music in general is so personal, but like also boy bands is so, so personal. Everyone's like journey and memories, they become intertwined with the music. Absolutely. Exactly. So in terms of my own personal journey, so I appreciate pretty much every single style of music. I think every moment of your life, every mood, every emotion has a style of music or song that can complement it. So to limit yourself to one genre or to one band, for me, that's like the equivalent of limiting the emotions that you can express. So so I'm just a music nerd, basically. And I 
not only am I a music nerd, but I also just really get into, you know, how the music was made. And I've, I've been like this my entire life. My parents are huge music nerds as well. They were both really involved in the punk and hardcore scene in the late seventies, early eighties. And they actually both met at a radio station while in college. So they're so cute. Yeah. So they are just super into music. They appreciate all different styles they think that, they definitely think that I'm crazy in doing this podcast, not going to lie. <laughs> and they're like, we're former punk rockers and our daughter is making a boy band podcast. But they also understand what we're doing here, too. Um, so shout out to my parents, because I probably wouldn't have done this without them being huge music nerds. Did you grow up and just like have music playing like all the time or like? Yes, all the time. Um, and then, you know, growing up, especially in the early nineties, a lot of it was grunge. So they loved Pearl Jam and, you know, my dad was still listening to a lot of the, the punk stuff. So we would be driving around in our minivan, listening to the Ramones (laughs) and the Sex Pistols. I love that. (laughs) So, and you know, not a lot of people my age can say the same thing. So I know I definitely have like albums or songs or artists that like bring me straight back to my childhood. Do you have any of those like really strong memories? For sure. Yeah. Um, my mom loved uh, Jeff Buckley and Patti Smith. Jeff Buckley's Grace and um, a lot of Patti Smith's music were just on constantly. They listened to a lot of WBCN, which was the local rock station in Boston, WFNX. Um, yeah, I mean, and then my, my, my family's super obnoxiously Italian too. So (laughs) whenever my mom would cook, she'd put on a lot of music and Mm -hmm. yeah, music was just a constant in my household growing up. And it was, uh, like I said, it was a variety of different things, but they always kind of brought it back to their punk days too, which was kind of cool. Was NSYNC the first band that like you picked out for yourself to listen to? It was actually Hanson. Okay, um, so, Hanson. So like Cece, um, my first my first boy band, my gateway boy band was Hanson. Gateway boy band, I love that. Yes, yes. And I believe I was eight when I first heard Hanson for the first time. Um, it was actually my friend Kelly, who I'm still friends with to this day. She had all of the posters in her wall. Yeah. And she was she was the new kid at school. So I was like, what is this? Who is this? Who are these people <laughs> that are all over your wall? <laughs> I started listening to to Hanson because of her. And then about six months later, it it, I, it wasn't even a year later. Mm-hmm. I had another friend that was super into the Backstreet Boys. And I believe it was the summer of 97 when this happened. We were at her summer house and she was like, you're still listening to Hanson. And it's like still it's like six months later. (laughs) And she was like, you got to listen to the Backstreet Boys. They're Mm -hmm. way cooler. And she was, you know, nine. Yeah. (laughs) So you're like, oh, my gosh. okay, Yeah. Yeah. So um, so I started listening to the Backstreet Boys. She put on As Long As You Love Me. And I was like, what is this song? (laughs) And then a month later, no joke, because I remember this was the summer and we started school and as long as you love me was just all over the radio mm-hmm. so i was really into the backstreet boys for about a year and then summer of 98 was when my life changed in sync's disney concert special july 1998 disney promoted the crap out of that concert special so a few weeks before that they started playing their in sync's um i want you back and tearing up my heart every single commercial break if it wasn't you know, their music video was advertising for the concert. So I actually 
begged my parents to buy me the CD before the concert even premiered. So by the time that show rolled around, I knew every single word to every single song. That yes. <laughs> and that's, I mean, again, reminder, listeners, there was no DVR back then, right? So this was all for ratings and viewership numbers. And so the Disney Channel obviously is a massive corporation with a lot of resources to do that. But InSync was so perfectly built by the Disney Channel, essentially. And and it's no accident that, like, you bought that album before. I mean, that's exactly what they wanted. Exactly. And, yeah, I just I just kind of picked InSync from there. My sister remained the Backstreet Boys fan. Um, and I mean, I still really like the Backstreet Boys too, but I, I, I just connected with NSYNC a little bit more, but we still both really liked Britney. Britney mm-hmm. was our glue. She still liked NSYNC's music too, but we just, we just picked our teams. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's really hard to be neutral in the great boy band wars of the ni- late nineties. I mean, I tried to be as neutral as possible. Like yeah. when I want it that way came out, like that was on rotation for a while, yeah. but once No Strings Attached came out, I was like all in for NSYNC. And I mean, I liked other boy bands too. I liked 98 Degrees and then a little bit later on O-Town. But yeah, my but my first CD was Hanson. My first concert was technically Patti Smith, which my mom brought me to, which was really fun. Um, and then my first concert that I really wanted to go to, this is so embarrassing, but I'm going to tell it anyway. <laughs> It was actually the Moffats, which is a Canadian boy band that were very similar to Hanson. And I'm sure they would hate, you know, that comparison. But they had long hair and they were brothers. (laughs) (laughs) But they were Canadian. And um, they actually had a pretty decent following. And they had this free concert that the the local radio Disney Channel put on at the mall. So it was in the cafeteria of the mall. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) But it was insane there were literally hundreds of screaming girls Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the middle of the cafeteria at the mall (laughs) you know we were dancing on top of the cafeteria tables and it was crazy it was nuts but food court is popping food court's (laughs) popping but my first actual really big concert that I wanted to go to was in sync it was 2001 I was 12 years old and and, uh, my mom got Oh, my mom got both my sister and I tickets to two shows that summer. One was NSYNC's Pop Odyssey tour, which was a stadium tour at Gillette, and it was at Gillette Stadium. I still have memories from that show. Oh, man. Because it was my first, like, really big concert experience that I legitimately was the most excited to be at. That same summer, my mom, to be equal, got us tickets to go see the Backstreet Boys to their black and blue tour. Unfortunately, that show was canceled because of because AJ went to rehab. When they rescheduled the show, that was actually during school time and mm-hmm. my mom didn't let us go. So I never got to see the Backstreet Boys. But we are big announcement. The podcast is going to the Backstreet Boys show in July. So we are going to do the Backstreet Boys episode after that show. This which is your really- redemption moment. Redemption moment. <laughs> 20 years later. Yeah. And, and yeah. So I'm I'm really excited for that. Yeah. And two, 2008 was kind of when I got a little bit back into pop music. And it was actually because of Lady Gaga. Oh, yes. Lady Gaga. Yes. You know, she kind of made me realize that pop music can be really smart. Mm-hmm. And 
I just I just really liked how innovative she was and the stuff that she was putting out there and also just something fun too because that's when I was in college and you know you just want to have a good time in college so all the indie music that I was listening to at that time because I really kind of transitioned to listening to a lot of like indie and folk music and I was like this is cool to listen to but when I want to have fun, dance with my friends. You know, I really want to listen to just a cheesy pop song. (laughs) You can have a master's degree. You can have a full-time job, but you can also jam out to what makes you beautiful. And I want you back and I want it that way. And And you can find other people who are just like that. And like, there's no shame to be had in that. You can find people that match your crazy. Yes. (laughs) Find people who match your energy and just hang tight to them. So I have to say something. I loved the Backstreet Boys, but I was not attracted to Nick Carter. Sorry. No, I, he's a very like specific taste. Yeah, I mean, he is a very specific taste, and and I'm not trying to throw any shade, but when that would come on, I would he and he would ask am I sexual? I'd be like, no. You would say oh no. <laughs> that was it's like a rhetorical question. Yeah, yeah. there is no other answer. <laughs> I can just see you like at a concert. <laughs> You're like, he says that, and you're like, no. no. You know, just like screaming it. I was trying to be the cool kid also at the roller rink. Oh, I get it. The roller, oh, the roller rink. rink. Oh, my God. Y'all know what's wild is that some people that listen to this are going to be like, what's a CD player? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you oh, never used sad. to have that book. The book, you know, it's like oh, yeah. thick with all the yeah. CDs in it. So children, a CD player <laughs> and a CD. It's the same size and shape as a DVD, but also I'm not sure if they know what that is. <laughs> oh like, I don't know. Maybe that's. The, uh. Thank you so much for listening to This Must Be Pop. Add us on Instagram for more content and to be the first to find out which band will be featured in the next episode at This Must Be Pop Pod. That's This Must Be P-O-P-P-O-D on Instagram. Got a question or suggestion? Email us at thismustbepoppodcast at gmail.com.